Hi, this is Amber. I'm a healer and a teacher, and my website is www.sacredspacehealing.org. The work that I focus on predominantly is core wound healing work, inner child healing work, uh, women's empowerment, and sacred union sessions. Today's podcast is focused on the energy of alcohol. Um, There is a recent podcast that I uh, put out there on addiction, but this podcast is specifically looking at alcohol um, and the energetic frequency of alcohol. So a while back, I did a shamanic journey to uh, gain a bit of clarity on what the uh, energetic makeup of alcohol is. In shamanism, everything is energy, so everything has a, has a spirit to it. The trees, the land, um, the elements, animals, uh, ourselves, uh, everything is alive. Um, and because everything is alive and has a, has a spirit to it, everything has the potential for healing. And, and we are able to interact with everything. So alcohol has its own energetic makeup, its own frequency, its own vibe, if you like. And we merge with that every time we consume alcohol. And I thought it would be quite interesting to discover, well, what exactly are we merging with when we drink? And of course, this will be different for every person. But what I was shown seemed quite profound um, in terms of what I've witnessed when people are drinking to an extent that isn't necessarily healthy or loving for them. So in the journey traveling to the spirit of alcohol, I witnessed alcohol as a dark as a darkness, as a as a dark cloud, if you like. But it was more than a cloud. It was like at a, being in a very, very dark space. And this darkness was a place of the wound. And it was a place for deep wound and a deep sense of shame and a sense of guilt and a sense of um, not being good enough, so a sense of worthlessness, um, a sense of dirtiness. And it was a place to hide in. It's like it was as if consuming this this spirit which alcohol is, um, took us to a space of darkness where we could hide, where we would no longer be visible. So our shame, our guilt, um, our fears, the parts of us that we think aren't good enough would not be visible to the world. And we could hide in this space. And and so it, it feels like it could be a safe cocoon. It's quite similar to the womb. It feels like it's a place where we could receive nourishment and respite and just a bit of protection from the harshness of the world, from the light of the world that can sometimes seem too searing, too much of a spotlight. But actually the darkness is so intense that we then can't, can't find a way out. And then more darkness is drawn to the darkness. So we find ourselves surrounded by other beings that are equally in pain, equally traumatized, um, equally hiding. And this becomes like a little community uh, of of darkness, of lots of people, lots of beings hiding in the shadows. It's really hard to explain what you see visually and kind of feel when you're in a journey. But it it was... If I could describe it, that's that's the best I can do. It's as if, you know, if you were watching this as a film on screen, all you would see would be darkness, a black screen. And in, in amongst that, you would suddenly make out shadows. And you would understand the shadows were people that had got lost here, that they'd come here at some point because they wanted a bit of escape or a bit of healing or they wanted to feel better or they were ashamed or they felt guilty of something. They were scared. They came here to escape, but now they can't find their way out because it's so dark, because they can't find the key 
They can't find the door. And no one else can kind of get them to help them out because it's so dark in there. And the danger is that if you are to go and meet someone in that darkness, i.e. meet someone in their relationship with alcohol, you can get caught up in it also. Because to be on a level with someone who is drinking to escape or because they're in pain or because they feel ashamed or guilty means that you have to drink to keep up with them. And the danger of that is that you get caught up in in that darkness also. So it seemed like a very seductive darkness and something that preyed on our deepest wounds. And it seemed to be preying on our childhood wounds, on those wounds that we were not really able to articulate very well. And that's why we were drawn to the darkness, because a part of us was trying to go back into the womb space. And often with addiction, that's again, shamanically, you know, we would say that you're trying to return to a space of the womb, to a space of the mother. You're trying to drown in spirits, which means you're trying to get closer to God. You're trying to get closer to spirit. So you, it's it's about trying to escape something that's painful so you can get closer to something transcendent, where everything makes sense, where everything is safe, where everything is pure, where everything is source. But it's the wrong road that one takes. So once we're in that space of the darkness, how do we find our way out? I believe it is quite true to say that many people drink to excess because they feel ashamed or guilty in some way, because they feel that at their core they're not good enough or something in them is wrong. And to cover up that sense of guilt or shame, they surround themselves with a veil of darkness. And so I believe that the way out of that is to start to look at the very things that we are so terrified of looking at. It's really the only way that we can find ourselves um, a bridge out into the light and into the sunlight again. And often the things that we are ashamed of are not things that we had any control over. They're not things that we necessarily meant to do or that we had free will in doing. There may have been things, choices that we made, decisions that we made that weren't great. Or there may have been things that were done to us, especially if it's a childhood shame or a childhood guilt. So my greatest invitation to anyone who stumbles across this podcast and resonates with, yes, that's what it feels like when I'm drinking heavily, that I feel like I'm swamped by the darkness. My invitation is that the next time you feel that desire to cloak yourself in darkness is to ask yourself, what is it that you're running away from? Even if you ask yourself that for a split second and you write it down before you take your first drink. You will have a record of what it is that you're running away from and then the next day or however many days later when you're sober, you can look at what you wrote down. And it could be that you want to run away from your parents or a relationship or something that you did or something that happened to you. But now you know what it is that you're running away from. The next time you drink, it's a choice. You're choosing to run away from the thing that you don't want to face. And there is a difference between it being a choice and a difference between it being something that we unconsciously do. And so the next step would be the next time you make that choice to run away from this thing that you feel is too terrible to look at is again, before you take that first drink or that third drink, is to write down why you choose to run away from it. It could be because you feel it's too difficult, too painful, you won't be able to overcome it, whatever it is, write that down. 
And then again, when you are sober, again, look at that piece of paper. Look at what you've written down. What am I running away from and what you've written down? Why am I choosing to run away from it and what you've written down? And then the third time or the fourth time you go for a drink, ask yourself, what is it that would help me to not run away from this and to face it? And write the first thing that comes out. It could be seeing someone. It could be love. It could be sharing with someone. It could be a support group. Something will come out of your consciousness and you will write that down. So when you are sober again, you can look at that piece of paper and see what you've written down. Now, addictions, as I've talked about in two other podcasts on addiction, are often about unmet needs. So often when we're caught up in addiction, it's because we feel alone and isolated and we feel like no one will ever understand our story. That if we were to tell people our deepest, darkest thoughts, our desires, our experiences, that we would be rejected, that that no one could love us if they really knew who we were. And because we're so unlovable, we're going to keep hiding in the shadows. But the truth is, when we get out into the world and we start sharing our stories, we find that we all have very similar stories. The power of the circle and of sharing circles, as often happens in native communities, is that everyone has, is given the opportunity to share what's in their hearts and everyone listens with an open heart. And there is no judgment. Sometimes the talking stick goes around and someone doesn't even speak. They just need to have the focus on them and to feel that love. And so I promise you that if you feel that there is something within you that is not, that no one could ever love, that no one could ever accept or understand, that that's simply not true. And there will be a support group or a therapist or a healer out there or a friend or a partner or a lover who will understand. And you will be surprised at how much as a community we share in terms of our stories. There is not a single circle I've ever sat in or held where the stories have not had a resonance. Someone shares something and there will be at least one person, if not more, in that circle who will have gone through exactly the same thing or is going through exactly the same thing. As a healer for over eight years, there is not a single person who has come to see me who has told me anything that has ever shocked me, ever. And there is not a single person who has come to see me that I have not understood what they're going through to a lesser or greater degree because I've experienced something of what they are experiencing or have experienced in their past and so there can be no judgment if someone sits opposite me and talks about addictions or talks about things that they've done in their past there can be no judgment because most of the time the stories that I'm being told I have also experienced healers become a healers for a reason because they live very varied and rich lives Similarly, therapists become therapists for a reason because they have gone through a lot of experiences. Not all therapists and not all healers, but the majority and the good ones. That tends to be what what's happened. So I guarantee you that the moment you decide that you want to share your story, however you want to share your story, there will be at least one person in this big, wide planet of ours who will resonate with your story, if not more. Now, how you share your story is another thing. Now, you may choose to go to a support group. You may choose to see a therapist or a healer. You may choose to confide in a friend. You may choose to use it artistically, so maybe writing, write a story, a short story, a poem, a play, write a song. Um, You may choose to create a piece of art, a piece of dance. I don't know what you're going to do, but my suggestion is that you do something to unburden yourself so that you get it out there. You know, in the beginning of a healing journey for anyone, 
what people tend to do is they tend to tell everyone this thing that happened to them because they've never talked about it before. So it'll be their, in a sense, like their badge of honor. It's how they'll introduce themselves. Oh, I'm in therapy for so-and-so or I'm in AA or, you know, uh, I'm seeing a healer for this because it's, they need to get it out there. They've identified themselves with this thing for so long, but now they've got the freedom to talk about it. They're still identifying themselves with this. But over time, the more we talk about it, the more we look at it, the more we accept this thing that we did, this thing that happened to us, the less it dominates our lives and the more we are able to simply be our most authentic selves. So my invitation is to anyone who has danced or is dancing with the spirit of alcohol to a degree where it is impacting on your life and it is making you unhappy at a core level is to do those three suggestions. So before you have a drink, before you have that first drink is to write down what is it that I'm running away from? Why am I running away from it? And what will help me? Even if you write those questions down in a journal and just before you have a drink, you just, you write down the first thing comes to you while you're in a sober state, that's given you a roadmap for what it is that you need to address in your life. And then the process becomes about how can you find that help? And there is help literally on every other corner. And there is free help as well as paid help. There is help in the NHS. There is help in voluntary organizations. There is help in charitable organizations. There are helplines. There are support groups. There is always, always help. I think... The resources in this country are actually quite amazing, amazingly underfunded, but amazing that there is so much help there for people who want to heal things that have happened to them in their past and want the support. And even if it's, you know, sometimes there are like forums um, where you can post things and people will will we'll come back with suggestions and these forums are often moderated so you know you have a relative level of safety there are helplines that you can just ring up and talk to someone there will always be someone that you can approach to find a way out of the darkness what I discovered about alcohol was that you need a guiding hand to help you out of the darkness it takes a lot to be able to do it by oneself but just imagine you're in a dark space just imagine you're out in a tunnel somewhere or you're somewhere where there is literally no light. There's no light bleed. There's just no light. And you found your way there. You stumbled into this space. You thought it would be nice and nurturing for you. And actually now it's terrifying. And you want to find a way out. You can't find a way out unless you ask for help. Ask and you shall receive. When you ask for help, a guiding hand will come in and pull you out every single time. And if you are too scared to ask for help in the physical world, I suggest that you start asking for help in your prayers and your intentions. If you go on the website www.sacredspacehealing.org, there is a meditation called the Inner Light Meditation, which is a really great meditation for connecting to your truth, to your divinity. There's a meditation called the Inner Forgiveness Meditation, which is really great for just letting yourself off the hook for things you may have done in the past. And there is an ebook that is um, on cleansing, protection, and intention, which is really good when it comes to clearing your energy field and setting clear intentions for the life that you want and all of those are free and all the other meditations are really reasonably priced as well so start with a guided meditation maybe start with journaling 
um, listen to the podcasts on addiction. There's some practices there that that may be able to help you about connecting to your needs, connecting to the land. Um, but this short podcast is just to give some information on alcohol and the energy of alcohol and what we're dancing with when we're dancing with alcohol and where it can take us and how we can find our way out of the darkness. And so wherever you are in your journey, I wish you much light. And so it is, and so it shall be.